Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hey everybody, so we have our fun Frankenfoods class for you guys tonight. So it's spooky season and I thought, what is scarier or creepier than what is going on in our food industry? So also interesting is that I had to update this lecture. We were given it every single year around, you know, the end of October. Um, and then the last update I found out that we did was 2019. And I had to update this because there's been so much crazy stuff going on with our food as of the last four years that this was completely outdated info. So I'm going to share my screen. I have a PowerPoint to kind of accompany the talk tonight. So we'll get that rolling for you. Okay, awesome. And then you guys can ask questions in the chat if you want. When I pop on and off of the PowerPoint, I'll be able to answer you guys. And so we call it Frankenfoods. Um, we're going to talk about GMOs, MSG, ONG, and other gruel that we now call food or have normalized. And I already told you that after three years of doing this reading labels class, it's been outdated. So we just have a fun Halloween spoof on the reading labels topic. And the big theme here as we get into it is just that everything you need to know about food safety and how it's made and what the ingredients are and where it's sourced isn't always like conveniently put right on the front label. So sometimes you have to dissect it and you have to do your own research. As always with my talks, I always encourage you, you know, if this is the first time you're hearing this information, if you feel really like wowed about it or shocked, sometimes there is a shock factor and I don't do that purposefully, but I think that with information comes empowerment for you to make the best choices for yourself and your families and your loved ones. So, you know, don't take it, take it, take me with a grain of salt, but go do your own research and find this data. And I'll share some of my sources also. So the first thing is to talk about the difference between traditional and commercialized diets, because there was a time when our ancestors you know, didn't eat the foods that we currently eat. They didn't have all the packaged, processed, commercialized stuff. And lo and behold, they didn't have all the chronic diseases and things that have become um, the top killers in America today. And so it's important to look at what they did eat, but also what didn't they eat? What wasn't in the foods? And so what commercialization means is that 
you know, starting in the 40s and 50s, they really started to package and process foods, adding preservatives and things that would increase the shelf life. And some of that was for convenience and access to foods. So it was originally, you know, thought to do something positive, but then we got a little crazy and, you know, the American spirit is more is better. And so then more chemicals started getting added to the foods and now it's just kind of out of control. Um, and the study of epidemiology proves this. So you can actually research graphs that show, you know, on the same timeline or trajectory as these commercialized foods started to get introduced into mainstream society, that so did the increase in chronic diseases that were never there, like heart disease, diabetes, obesity. And also like diseases today that are common like autism, autoimmune, cancer, these things did not exist. Our ancestors, there's no documented studies that, that show that they had any of those diseases. So there's actually new diseases that are on that same epidemiological trend as the in, in onset of commercialized diets. Okay, so we're gonna go, I have a top 10 Frankenfoods list for you. So here is scary food fact number one, is misplaced trust. I talk about this in the office all the time, but there's this misconception that if things are being sold in the stores, if they're available to the consumers, if they're on the shelves, therefore they must be safe if they're allowed to be sold. And unfortunately, that's not really true. Um, most of the foods that are on in, on the market today, and of course we're talking about processed foods, we're not talking about real foods, but most of those processed foods that are on the market aren't actually tested for human safety. That's kind of scary. I think that's scary. And scary food fact number two is GMOs. And so it's kind of funny just because my early slides in this presentation was I built on some of the existing information that we've talked about for years. And GMOs used to be the OMG, you know, highlight of the presentation. And now I think it's like not, I think we just are aware of it and people know they're not good for us, but we used to have to kind of convince people about it. But 80% of the processed foods on the market are genetically modified. And what's freaky about that is that food isn't what it used to be. If it's genetically modified, our body doesn't identify it as food and it doesn't know what to do with it. We definitely don't react to it the way we react to normal food. And so, you know, the first GMO food was only introduced in 1994. So, there hasn't yet been long-term studies. We're still just like kind of glossing over the surface of what the health impacts of eating these foods are. And a scary fact on the GMOs in addition is that the labeling is voluntary, not mandatory. Companies do not have to tell you that their products contain GMOs in them. And there's been a lot of legislation and a lot of fighting and a lot of lobbying to try to get um, clarity and transparency in labeling laws, but we're just not there yet. And it's kind of weird to me when a company does actually volunteer it. You know, it's one thing to hide it. And then when they volunteer it, I'm like, wow, well, it's right there for you to see and then, you know, make a decision on. And here's a fun fact in this creepy tomato 
<laughs> face for our Halloween theme was that the first GMO food was called the Flavor Saver Tomato, and it was created in 1994. And so Flavor Saver kind of tells you they just started messing with foods to see if they could enhance the flavor of the food. That was like the first thing that they were trying to do. And then over time, GMOs became more prevalent because what they were trying to do was increase yields and increase productivity. So most of these things aren't being done to enhance nutritional availability. There are some claims that it's supposed to do that, but that's still actually being researched whether any of that is actually true or not. Um, but it's really the biggest benefit is to the food manufacturer that they can make more food and grow it. So one of the examples is wheat. Um, we're all aware that gluten sensitivities are on the rise. Again, our ancestors didn't have gluten sensitivities. They ate wheat, they ate grains. That was one of the things that they grew and could harvest easily. But over time, food manufacturers genetically modified the wheat grain, first of all, so it was shorter so that it wouldn't be tipped over by the wind and damaged, so they wouldn't lose the crops. And a side effect of doing that was that they actually lost more of the protein part of the wheat, and then the gluten content increased. So they weren't trying to do that. But now that the gluten content is so high, it becomes a problem for the body to process it. So it's a higher gluten content overall. And then secondly, what they are doing is genetically modifying crops like wheat to actually have um, glyphosate embedded in the DNA sequence. So they don't have to spray the crop because if the genetic material of the crop already has pesticides in it. And so that's another big theory of why there's so much celiac and leaky gut and gluten sensitivity is that in addition to the higher gluten content, maybe it's also just not the gluten. We're actually having a reaction to the glyphosate that's now embedded. So, you know, people crack me up with all these sprays and fruit and veggie washes and ways to, you know, clean your fruits and vegetables before you eat them. Well, if it's genetically embedded in the DNA, like you can't wash that off. It's in the food. It's in the molecular structure of the food. So those are some freaky facts about GMOs and why now we're seeing a rise, but you know, they genetically modified the wheat and then celiac is on the rise. And then they genetically modified other fruits and vegetables and grains. And then you see autoimmune and infertility and cancers and leaky gut and all sorts of other messes. So again, that epidemiological trend, you can actually find graphs that prove that it's related. So when we talk about that, then it's important for you to look for some helpful food labels. And so if you are going to eat processed or packaged food, hopefully it's on the rarity. And there are some things that are helpful to buy for snacks, especially for families. I recognize kids like to snack. And so if you look for these two, the non-GMO project verified label and the USDA organic label, that will help to... Um, make sure or rule out that some of these other processes are being handled. So non-GMO says that it's non-GMO, but organic is a better label. So organic has a higher scrutiny than the project non-GMO, but project non-GMO would be better than a traditional commercial snack, okay? Then in the USDA organic label, you kind of have to also know what 
what accompanies that USDA organic. So you could see 100% organic attached to this USDA organic label. And then just what it sounds like is that foods with this 100% USDA organic label, 100% um, of the ingredients are, are organic. If you see USDA organic, but it doesn't say 100%, that label means that the products contain at least 95 to 99% of organic ingredients. And that's by weight. And then the remaining ingredients, they're probably not available organically, but they're still been approved to be a safer version. Um, and they are able to display the USDA organic seal. Then you might see something that says made with organic ingredients. And so that could be as little as 70% of the ingredients in there are actually organic. And so some of the companies, you know, that don't want to go, there's rigorous testing and certification to prove that it can bear this USDA organic label. And so companies that don't want to go through the money and the time and the feasibility of getting USDA organic certified will say, we'll put made with organic ingredients. So maybe it's better than other companies, but then you also still need to know what those other ingredients are, where they're sourced and where they're harvested. So, you know, I'll defer back to the, one of the first slides is that it's not all conveniently on the label. You know, you, if you shop locally, you know your farmers, if you talk to the produce managers in the stores that you're shopping at, they'll tell you. And what's really cool is that people who are following organic practices and are, you know, really care about the quality of the food and they care about the health of the consumer, they are so happy to tell you what they're doing, what feed they're giving the animals and how they you know, process the land and the soil, like they are happy to brag on the extra efforts that they're taking and they will be happy to discuss it with you. So that's what I always recommend is just know where you're getting your food and who you're getting it from. And then did you guys ever know that all these annoying stickers on your produce are actually for a reason? They're not just there to annoy you and make you take an extra step to wash them off. <laughs> so there are codes on them. They are called PLU codes. And so if it's a five digit code that starts with the number nine, that means it's organic. So it's grown naturally without any chemicals. And then if it's the most common one is these um, four digit codes that start with a four or a three, we have to put. Those are conventional. There's really no standard um, you have no idea if it's been irradiated, if it was picked local to its source, if it was vine ripened, if there was pesticides or weird coatings on it, you have no clue. And then this is rare again because companies, it's not mandatory that they put it on there, but if you ever find a five digit PLU code on your produce that starts with the number eight, that does mean it's genetically modified. I was just in the grocery store getting a little demo set up for you for right now. And um, I can't find any stickers in our store anyway that start with a number eight. So you guys can let me know if you find them. I'd be curious to know um, if anybody's, you know, confessing that they're using GMOs. Okay, so here's a fun thing. If you don't have labels, sometimes you can just use common sense. So here's a cool demo. <laughs> What's the difference? These are both apples. They're both from stores here in Jacksonville. This is not normal. This gigunda apple 
if you had an apple tree in your yard and you grew apples, they probably would more look like this cute little thing right here. Because again, it's not sprayed, it's not enhanced, it's not genetically modified, there is no, you know, mutations. So this is why they genetically modify produce, because when you shop, you think if you buy this big one, it looks pretty, it's shinier, it even might be redder. Um, you think you're getting more for your money kind of a thing than this little cutie. However, this you don't know where it was grown, what it contains, the nutritional quality of it or anything, where you got a little more guarantee about the quality of this little guy. So that's what two little apples look together. And this guy does have a number with starting with, it's a four digit code starting with a three. So three or four is conventional. And then I shopped a little bit further and I found these guys. So a pepper, it doesn't matter if it's a pepper or an apple. The green one obviously is organic and grown naturally with natural, you know, this one's subject to the weather and the crop and where it was grown and how much sunshine and how much rain there was for the season. And then this red one had a little more of a chance because of its genetics that were modified, right? So you can see the difference. So sometimes you can just use common sense and eyeball it if there's not codes. Also be careful because sometimes in the produce store, they're like all mingled together, um, but they should be divided. So this one is a sticker that starts with the number four. It's a four digit code that starts with a four. So that means it's conventional. We'll be right back after these messages. Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products, and yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully, diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle. For the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out, while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 9010 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. Okay, so we got that one out of the way. So scary food fact number three is processed foods. Again, this used to be the highlight of the talk and we'd go off about all the nasty chemicals and preservatives and things that are neurotoxins and whatever. And now I think it's common knowledge that we teach people like shop around the perimeter of the grocery store, because if you think of it, what's around the perimeter is real food. <laughs> you know, it's produce, it's meat and dairy and eggs. And like all the processed stuff is in the aisles on the shelves. So we always just say like, if you pretty well just steer clear of the aisles, maybe you go in there, like you've got to get your coconut oil. You know, I'm thinking like in the aisles, I go down the spices in the oils and vinegar section because you've got to get those to season your food and cook in it. 
Um, what else? I might go down the tea aisle because I do drink tea, but make sure your tea is organic for sure because that's very highly sprayed with pesticides. Um, we do shop in some of the freezer sections. There's some keto coconut cream ice creams that are low um, carb, some frozen veggies, like things like that. That's just good. Frozen berries for smoothies, frozen avocado pieces for smoothies. So there's those kind of things um, in the aisles. Trying to think if there's any other aisle I go up and down. I go down the pet section to get dog treats. They have Newman's treats at our Publix for Peter. So those are some. But yeah, processed foods, all these things that are in there, there are known carcinogens, meaning they cause cancer. There are known endocrine disruptors, meaning that they mess up hormones. Uh, neurotoxins, this is so important for kiddos. If you ever see them you know, eat something with MSG or blue or red dye, that just sends their little like neurons going crazy, like literally hyper firing, causing hyperactivity, like there's no way they can control themselves. So, you know, a lot of behavior, things that are labeled as behavioral disorders in kids, if they would clean up the diet, you'd see a drastic improvement in their ability to focus and sit in a class and be a productive, you know, contributing member of, of class. Definitely with the processed foods, with all these things, are known allergens. And then there's also things in there that wreck your immune system, um, not only your traditional immune system, but also like your gut. And so, so much of your health is coming from the gut, your ability to digest and absorb, your ability to detoxify, um, your body makes histamine, which is a known, you know, allergy production. So if you have a lot of pain and swelling and inflammation and congestion like that, you might be making histamines actually in your gut. So definitely things to look at. There are a couple of apps that you can um, look up your foods for food safety. Um, the Environmental Working Group has one called Living Healthy, I think. Let me see. I had it pulled up earlier. Yeah, Living Healthy. It used to be called the Skin Deep app, but now it's Living Healthy. Um, but that's by the EWG. And so you can scan barcodes and also look up not only foods, but beauty care products. And then there's another one that I just downloaded. I think it's called Yucca. And um, same deal. You can look up, yeah, Yucca is Y-U-K-A. And it looks like that little orangey carrot guy. Sorry, I'm going the wrong way. Yucca. And so those are a couple of really cool apps where you can learn why, not only what the safety level is, like one to 10 says green, yellow, red scoring, but it'll give you information about what ingredients are in there. And if it's a neurotoxin, a carcinogen, a known allergen, et cetera, and why it gets a good or bad score. So that'll help you on a learning curve for future purchases, because it's all about knowledge and empowering yourself to make healthy choices. Um, and just being a smart consumer to overcome some of the trickiness that is in label reading. You know, the front of the label is the marketing flashy, draw you in, make you want to buy it and purchase it or get your kids to point at it and recognize it with little characters and, you know, their coloring and branding and stuff like that. The back has more of the information that you need to know about safety, health, you know, facts, nutrition facts, what's actually made out of. Okay, scary food fact number four. 
this is just totally ridiculous and I don't think it takes a whole lot of explaining. But did you know that our pharmaceutical company owns a large portion of the food supply? I personally don't think that they that sinks. I don't think that our food industry and our pharmaceutical industry should have connection. I think that that's a complete conflict of interest. Um, food should be our medicine and it should keep us off of pharmaceuticals if it's the right food and it's healthy for us. And so as they're starting to contort food and modify it and spray it, um, obviously that's putting us that's not only do they have us as a consumer of the foods because they own it, but then they get us on the back end as a consumer of the pharmaceutical industry when the foods they sell make us sick. So that's just completely backhanded and self-serving. But the reason why I said that, and you can look this data up, um, Monsanto is a biotechnology company that has patented seeds that can no longer replant themselves. They can't, um, you know, like if you, eat an avocado and you can put the avocado pit in dirt or water and start to propagate it and it'll make another avocado. It'll take a while because an avocado tree is huge. 